Happy New Year. Oh, hey, Happy New Year. Uh, welcome to another episode of Sophia's Choice, the Golden Girls podcast. I am Alan, and uh, he's been ready for 97 years, Brent. That's right. And I see his face in all the chimps of the monkey house. <laughs> <laughs> I think it says thousands of chimps. I don't know. I thought he said uh, all the chimps, but I can't remember for sure. Either way, I see your face in any chimp that I see, regardless. Thank From you. chimpanzee to chimpanzee. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. Um, I did think about introducing uh, Ski as the original Corny Castillos, <laughs> and uh, right. as Brent does, he's George Burns. What is he ashamed of? Exactly. <laughs> did you guys watch the Macy's Parade thing on Thanksgiving? No, but I saw the thing about the the One Piece Monkey D. Luffy uh, one, I think, getting punctured and going off uh, uh, like his sense. arm or something went... Uh, it started to deflate somehow or another. He had a building or something like that. I, I assume that was from the Macy's Day Parade, but I guess I didn't know for sure. It was, yeah. it was a giant Macy's Day did size it, balloon. When the arm started to inflate, did it go become sentient and start attacking people? Yeah, exactly. Good. It, Good. It was I did only... not see that. Uh, I assumed after it attacked a few people, uh, news lost interest. But Yeah, well, I mean, it just had the headline, AI gone awry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But anyway. There's so many of those uh, call, um, articles now, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so it's Brent, lost in the crowd. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so did you have something uh, in particular about the Macy's Day Parade you want to mention? Oh, um, you mentioned he was the original Corny Castillos. Oh, yeah? And there was some Broadway musical called Shucked about corn oh, or okay. whatever, and they like did a little song and dance number. Oh, very nice. And I just didn't know if you saw it and what your thoughts were on it. No, no I didn't <clears> see it, but... I, mean, I think the name of the musical was funny. Yeah. So maybe at some point I'll end up seeing it. Yeah. I think they could have a good uh, follow up to that one, like a sequel, Get Shucked. Okay. <laughs> Get Shucked or Die Trying. <laughs> so, well, today we're going over uh, Golden Palace, episode 17. Uh, say goodbye, Rose. What's that in Spanish? Um, Diese Sete? Oh, you mean the 17? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Diaz y, yeah, Diaz y Siete. Um, siete. Diaz y Siete. Si, yeah. amigo. Mm. I rewatched Three Amigos the other day. It still holds up. And I guess the other part would be, uh, uh, what would be goodbye? No, like, good morning, good evening. What's just goodbye? Buenas noches. Adios. Adios, yeah, adios, Rose. Adios, Rose. <laughs> Didn't we have an episode called Adios, Rose? Um, I'm not sure if we did or not. Uh, but I, I, I know it seems slight, but I can hear your, uh, your strings there rubbing against the mic. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, anyways, um, yep, my apologies to our ASMR fans. <laughs> trying to throw you a bone, but <laughs> <laughs> once again, management's harshing your buzz. See, I was just going to cut that all together, but now I feel like I should leave it in. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, well, today, Ski is going to be doing a recap, but um, before we jump in, I thought. It's kind of ironic, because here, this is dropping on New Year's Day. Yeah, so happy 2024. Yeah, exactly. I hope it uh, goes well for everybody. I hope it's off to a good start here a few yeah. hours in, or maybe a few days in, depending on when you listen. Um, but I'm going to bring up another holiday-related post that uh, that I had made, oh, yeah. um, and, and some of the responses that we got to it. So uh, not too long ago, Ski uh, yes. sent us pictures of these Golden Girls pumpkins that oh, he had yeah. carved. Yeah. I didn't know if you ever put those online or not. He did I want to go on record as saying that, you know, I think I think I told you guys this in a little group chat or whatever, but, you know, it definitely 
proves once again that you're the most talented amongst us. <laughs> like, and you have like a marketable <laughs> talent that, you know, is definitely better than the podcast to which you've been shackled. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's definitely the thing when it comes to uh, to ski is that, you know, I think you and I, we have our qualities, I guess I'll say it. Yeah. But they're nothing that's going to I don't to know if gym. I call it qualities. They're just attributes. Right. <laughs> oh, you guys. But, I mean, those attributes, they may have some modest level of uh mm-hmm. you know yeah of desirability i guess but yeah. ski's the only one that can actually create something and put it out into the world that is worthwhile exactly <laughs> so. exactly i mean like i i look at those those pumpkins and i'm like oh i guess i'm the corny castillos to his george burns yeah <laughs> <laughs> well i appreciate the heavy compliments i think you guys are amazing and I, I am humbled by your yeah. podcasting shadows. I, I've said a great many times that the best thing about this podcast is the logo that you drew. <laughs> and I, I think I'm going to amend that and say, oh, I think it was the pumpkins. <laughs> uh, I was worried that it didn't turn out as well as the... Uh, I think that's the, foolish. I think they were great. I'm glad you liked it so much. I, I honestly, the, uh, the effort I put toward them, like uh, last year, I don't know if I showed you a picture I did... Uh, the three witches from uh, Hocus Pocus. Oh, yeah, the Sanderson sisters. Yeah, yeah. I thought those turned out okay. Mm-hmm. But I felt like a weight on my shoulders to really knock it out of the park this year mm-hmm. just for you guys and yeah. our fans. I think you delivered. You over-delivered. <coughs> well, so these are uh, some of the comments that you got, Ski. I'll, oh, I'll, nice. I'll, I'll quickly go through them if you don't mind. Uh, um, I'd love to hear them. So we got one uh, from uh, Caris MTQ, who I believe uh, let us – Gave us a really nice review recently oh, as well. Nice. Thank you. Um, but she said, amazing. Good job, Ski. Yeah. Uh, creatively Nerdy said, these are incredible. <laughs> uh, Millie, I love the name. Yeah, these are, these are from Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, Millie the Six said, uh, awesome. The girls would love to see such good portraits of them. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Art Adetti um, said, so cool with claps and whatnot yeah. uh, emojis. Yeah. Then we got some Facebook comments also on them. Uh, we have uh, from Jennifer uh, saying, very impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, from Lisa, wow. saying very cool. Yep. Uh, Stacy um, said, uh, this is totally impressive. This is uh, this whole podcaster bit doesn't pan out. Um, he has a future in the <laughs> lucrative. If this whole podcaster bit doesn't pan out, he has a future in the lucrative profession of pumpkin carving. Mm-hmm. You know, if it hasn't carved out for us yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Christy said, wow. Mm-hmm. And uh, Helena said, great job, Ski. Yeah. Oh, and then there was cool. one other comment that said, uh, I could do better. Pass my thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Did it really? Yeah, that was mine. Yeah, oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I was so hoping but... for one that just said, yuck. Uh, <laughs> yuck. <laughs> but thank you to everybody. That's, yeah. I'm very humbled. Yeah, that, that I think generated more comments than just about anything uh-huh. we've ever put out there. Yeah, so definitely. you should feel proud of that. You're an influencer. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you. So, well, I'm um, glad you guys liked it. I don't have anything else to add today. I, I do have some more stuff, uh, more listener interactions that I'll mention on our next week's episode. Yeah. Um, but uh, here to kick off the new year, I thought that was nice to agreed. Agreed. Yeah, kick Kudos. off with some nice things for yeah. uh, about skis. Absolutely. I saw those pumpkins, and for the first time ever, I was proud to be associated with this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say with ski. Yeah. <laughs> you still, that's, that's, uh, yeah. come on now. <laughs> That's a little too far. Yeah. <laughs> I have been seen in public with ski a great many times, thank you. you sometimes, you're proud. E- sometimes even without you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you two have, 
Is it just one time that you two have gone out together without me mm-hmm. to a movie that I ended up having to back out of? Yeah. So I was still in the mix. I just, you know, you guys were forced to be together without me because well, no. of my... <laughs> <laughs> Well, I did want to go out with you to that one movie. What was the one that was... Uh, like Touch Mark? of Evil. Yeah, I think yeah. you go that one. Yeah. That would have been one that I, I, I really mm-hmm. wanted to see that because you said it was really good. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. It's one of my favorites. But... Uh, um, we have anything else before we get started? No, no, you can go ahead and jump in. Yeah, oh. cookies. For Drive away. Make sure yes, you enjoy thank them. thank you again. Those. Yeah, in case we didn't, I'm sure, I think we mentioned it last episode, because last episode, you know, aired on Christmas Day, or at yes. least uh, dropped on Christmas Day, and Brent had brought Christmas cookies. Um, mm-hmm. Here we are a week later, and they're still sitting around. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> still working on them. I checked the uh, freshness date, and they're good through the 8th of January. Oh, so. okay. <laughs> <laughs> good to know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I don't have anything else to add currently. You, Brent? I'm good. Thank you. All right. Then we'll uh, get launched. This is my off week. (laughs) (laughs) This is where you get to kick back and relax. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And enjoy the show, in quotation marks. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Stay within the guardrails that Ski provides. (laughs) Well, they're they're wobbly guardrails at best. Yeah, I'll keep my seat in the upright position. (laughs) (laughs) Season 8, Episode 17. Or season one, if you want to go that way. Okay. I know. Uh, episode title is uh, Say Goodbye, Rose, as you mentioned before. Adios, Rose. Original air date was February 12th, 1993. Oh, it was Valentine's Day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right on there. Uh, written by Jim Vallelli and Peter D. Bate, or Bate, or how it's pronounced. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was written by the two of them? Yep. No, written by Jim Vallelli. And, and then directed, directed by oh, okay. Peter. Each wore their own hat. Okay, fair enough. Um, they you know, might have switched back and forth. We don't know, but uh, that's oh. the way the credits fell. Okay. <laughs> I would imagine that the director has some input on if they want to make adjustments to the script, at least. I'm sure so. so. Or at least suggestions or yeah. something. Mm-hmm. Probably the actors to a degree, too. A especially, little. Especially at this point. Yeah. Because, you know, the, the three main actors have been with it so long. I mean, if I was the writer slash director, to be like, yeah, we can definitely do it that way. Say it the way I wrote it, and then do it the way you want to do it, mm-hmm. and then we'll see how it turns out. Yeah. See what and then better. I would just use mine. Always, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody agrees, man, oh, I'm glad Blanche said that. That was so much yeah. better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree, but... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, we didn't really talk about this, but I did feel that last week, you know, Estelle Getty had an off week. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think they gave her any good lines. Yeah. And I think she was, was trying her hardest, yeah. but she just could not find the funny in anything they gave her. Well, they <laughs> were very plain, yeah. Even the best line that she had, I felt like, last week, which was about the um, okay. about the girl laying down yeah. on the job or whatever, yeah. it wasn't even delivered with that much gusto or whatever. Yeah. It was kind of a little flat, even the delivery Exactly. Part. It was like life had crushed her down that week or something. Yeah. But... Maybe this is the week that she found out, yeah, we ain't getting a season two. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. It had to, the news had to come sometime, yeah. right? Yeah. And at that point, probably stuff from my model shoot would have come out already. Yeah. Um, yeah. So she would have known that yeah. her movie career wasn't taking off either. Exactly. She's like, I, I guess I'm moving on to Empty Nest. <laughs> <laughs> Wherever they'll have me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, we uh, open in the lobby. Uh, the cast members are kind of walking around doing their normal work stuff. Uh, Chewie pr- approaches the front desk, and Roland tells, tells him that uh, the ballroom is looking more like a comedy club. Uh, it's being transformed for an upcoming comedy competition they're, mm-hmm. they're holding. Chewie tells him that he has an application for a potential contestant, and then hands, uh, hands Roland uh, something. He chuckles when he sees uh, Corny Castillos, as mm-hmm. you guys mentioned before. Right. 
and holds up a black and white headshot of, of course, Chewie. Uh, Chewie says that he came up with the stage name partly because, you know, the funniest word in the world is corn. <laughs> and as he says it, of course, Sophia walks up from behind him and laughs at just the mention of the word. Right. Uh, side note, personally, I think uh, there are several funnier words, like turducken. It's triple the murder, triple the taste. Mm, okay. Oh, fair enough. I was a little confused as to why Chewie didn't think that the funniest word was maze. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why. The so he should have been Maisy Castillo. <laughs> exactly. It's amazing. Exactly. Do you think other other languages use wise um, to, you know, kind of extend words like that, like to say something is like that, or, or have like their own version of that, like we have in English? To use words as like. Ad, uh, adjectives and stuff? Yeah, or like to use a noun as an adjective by adding a Y to it. Like, okay. oh yeah, you know, he's corny um, or whatever. I mean, although I don't know that corny is necessarily <laughs> deriving the word corn, but like he's, uh, I don't know, businessy or something yeah, like yeah. that. Like Handsy. Yeah. So <laughs> I wonder if other languages have a similar... I don't think they would have something probably. kind of akin to that, at least. I should ask Gwen. She's the language expert in our family. <laughs> She's not as ignorant when it comes to foreign languages as the three of us. I have been told that, at least in uh, German, and I don't know to what end the rules apply, but uh, that if they don't have a word or if there's like a, a thought that they're trying to create, mm -hmm. um, they would just add words together and make some giant compound word. Oh, okay. <laughs> <clears throat> so like I said, I guess one of the longest words ever was like just some giant... A descriptive word in German or something. <laughs> be interesting to look into that. But uh, yeah, so we see Corny Castillos. Uh, how, how many words did they have to string together in order to come up with an equivalent to surrender? Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's a word they have. Yeah, it's probably like nine. Don't fight anymore with you. <laughs> with the rest of world. Stop killing us. <laughs> Have you guys ever seen, uh, I think, actually, no, you put this out on our little group chat or something, like, mm -hmm. um, was it uh, Norm MacDonald, who mm -hmm. said uh, one of his best uh, skits, he was talking about how German takes on the world, Germany takes on the yeah. world, <laughs> not once, but twice. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, he says that corn is the funniest word, and then uh, Sophia uh, laughs, uh, so, so Chewie has his... Uh, comedy persona put together, but we'll need to compose his five-minute act, and says that he has a full week to do it, so you know he should be fine. Mm -hmm. Roland, however, tries uh, not so subtly to suggest that he should write Chewie's routine for him, uh, so he doesn't make a fool of himself, of course. Chewie scoffs at the offer, and tells Roland that his humor is akin to a lima bean. Mm. <laughs> uh, Chewie exits, and Sophia asks Roland if any anyone can enter the uh, competition. Roland worries that she's also trying herself to enter uh, and asks what her name would be, Mom's Petrillo. Uh, it seems like this was a reference to something, but I could not. Uh... Mom's Mabley. Yeah. Say what? Mom's Mabley. Okay, what is she that? She was a comedian. Okay. Comedian, yes. I did not. I, I thought it was a, an age on Petrillo or something. So no, I looked was, it up, I couldn't find anything. She was really big, I think, in the 60s in particular. I know, and mm -hmm. uh, have you ever watched Marvelous Miss Maisel? No, I have not. Oh, I yeah. have seen Wanda Sykes, right? <clears throat> yeah, it's a really solid show. But yeah, they, they kind of mix like actual true life things along with this character that they've created with Miss Maisel. Okay. And so, yeah, like they have... Um, I've, oh, I've uh, caught little bits of it because Nicole's watched, I think. 
maybe the entire series so far, but yeah. I haven't watched enough of it to know a lot of the uh, subplots. Yeah, I mean, it's basically the, the gist of the series is this housewife who ends up becoming um, a, a comedian and then like her road of working her way up and the trials right, and tribulations yeah. of that in her personal life. Well, it's I, a really good show. I uh, gather like that's not, I mean, it's early enough in the uh, country's history that was poorly looked on too, right? Um, yeah, I mean, I think the 1960s was early enough in our history. But. Well, no, like like women were thought to stay in the house mostly. Um, I mean, somewhat, but I would say that it was further enough in that, I mean, there were other famous women comedians at the time, like okay. in real life, so it's not... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, Joan Rivers. Yeah, I mean, and Moms Mabley. Oh. <laughs> As, I thought you said other. Like, yeah. <laughs> like we were talking other than Moms Oh, well, yeah, yeah. There, I just mean other than Miss Maisel. Oh, yeah. But yeah, there was uh, plenty of... Don't get me wrong; it was still a male-dominated profession. Um, I would say, to a large degree, it still is. But I think it's getting less so. It's definitely uh, less. So. I mean, I generally prefer female comedians overall, like on an average. But do you have a favorite female comedian? Oh, Maria Bamford. For oh yeah, sure. yeah, I should know that. Maria Bamford is second to only Norm Macdonald as far as comedians in general. Yeah. Living comedians, she's certainly my favorite. Yeah. So, but okay, I so was then. always partial to Jerry Jewell. For you, <laughs> Jerry Jewell. I. I feel like I should get the joke, but I'm not. <laughs> don't look at me. I don't know as loud as him. You can't just start laughing at your own joke and then not fucking explain it. <laughs> you can't be like, ha-ha, I knew okay. you wouldn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you may remember her from when uh, she guest starred on the Facts of Life as Cousin Jerry. Ah. <laughs> she was a stand-up comedian, though, wasn't she? She was. Yeah. <laughs> Do you, do you remember Cousin Jerry? Nope. Okay. <laughs> I'm still lost, so yeah. yeah. Uh, well, Cousin Jerry had a like a mental disability. Like cerebral palsy yeah, or something? Yeah, like I guess that. not mental. Is that more of a physical? <laughs> yes. Yeah, like, it sort of gave her a speech impediment. Yeah, speech thing. impediment, yeah. yeah. So um, I couldn't remember exactly, but yeah, so she was also a stand-up comedian. Key's favorite stand-up comedian is Flo from the Progressive Commercials. Oh, That's yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I love her. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so, um, it's probably a little too soon. You guys haven't had a chance to see it, but um, that new Adam Sandler cartoon, Leo. Mm-mm, I've probably no. seen an ad for it where he's like an iguana or something. Yeah, like that. yeah. It's amazingly funny. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, is it on Netflix? Yeah, is that right? it is. And um, so like he's like the classroom pet and then whatever. And then like he periodically goes home with different kids in the class. And then, like, when it's the weekend when he has to go home with, like, the mean girl in the class and her mm-hmm. parents are, like, you know, upper class and everything like that, um, she's, like, taking him around the house, showing him their house or whatever. And the dad's voiced by Jason Alexander, oh, okay. you know. Um, but anyway, she's taking him around the house. And, like, they go through, like, I guess the dad's, like, trophy room or whatever. And, like, uh, on the wall, there's a picture of uh, the dad with Guy Fieri. Mm-hmm. And then there's a picture of the dad with uh, Flo from the Progressive Commercials. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. Like, those are his, like, accomplishments. Like, <laughs> meeting those two. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. It was really funny. It's like, I hope that, like, Progressive was, like, their product placement or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty great. Yeah. That is so. pretty awesome. So, I, <laughs> have you guys actually seen her do stand-up? Like, any other... I mean, I've seen. I know like, she was a stand-up comic. I've seen like maybe five minutes of it on a YouTube clip. I, I can't honestly say I've okay. seen anything she's done besides progressives. <laughs> so, one more thing about that movie. Okay. Um, so, there's trying to figure out. Right, so this all happens right up front. So basically, um, you know, Adam Sandler's Leo. You know, the iguana. Okay. Okay. 
and one of the parent teacher conferences or whatever, two of the dads are, you know, talking. And like, man, he looks pretty old. How long do they live? And the guy's like, oh, they can make it to 75. And then, That's you know, a long time. Yeah, they leave. And then, you know, he's trying to figure out how old he is, you know, and he's trying to do the math and counting on his fingers. But he's in fifth grade and they don't cover addition and subtraction in fifth grade. So he has to like talk to a second grade pet because oh. he knows how, you know, <laughs> knows the math or whatever. Um, but anyways, he's like counting on his fingers and toes trying to figure out how old he is. And he goes, I'm out of fingers and toes. What else can I count on? And the turtle in the aquarium next to him goes, I'd tell you, but there are kids around. <laughs> and then like starts like tapping on an imaginary cigar like he's Groucho Marx. <laughs> and it's really, really funny. Um, and so like we laughed at that and even like we watched it again because it was just so funny. Well, then cut to, you know, we're having Thanksgiving dinner. And we get to the part where, you know, Gabby's like, all right, Dad, what are you thankful for? And I was like, I'd tell you, but there are kids around. <laughs> 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 she was just so horrified. Yeah. <laughs> did you do the same pantomime? I did. I did. <laughs> I did. <laughs> and Cassidy started to laugh, and she goes, it's from the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Had Gabby watch the movie with she you? She had. Oh, okay. Well, at least then. At least that takes a some tiny context. bit of the yeah. horrification away. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, she's at an age where she's yeah. probably horrified at damn near everything exactly. you do. <laughs> yeah. So, especially if you make a joke that has a yeah. hint of sexuality to it. Exactly. <laughs> so, but no, it's, it's a great movie. If you got the Netflix, I highly recommend it. I'll definitely, uh, definitely put it high on the list. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, Roland makes a quip about Mom's Patrillo. Mm-hmm. Which now I have a context for. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. And Sophia uh, responds, "Man, you make a one adult party record in the '50s, and it haunts you the rest of your life." Mm-hmm. Uh, then she clarifies that you know she had a friend in mind from quote the old neighborhood, mm-hmm. but she says she has an he's an older guy and he used to be part of a comedy group. Uh, Roland tells her that anyone that's older than her can st- and can still get up on stage is free to perform. Blanche enters the room and comments that the the weekend is looking to be uh, quite exciting. She tells them that her son Matthew is even coming to visit and tells them that the comedy show is even nearly sold out. Uh, Roland tells her about uh, Chewie wanting to enter the competition and then uh, starts to add to Sophia, you know, something also too. Right. But Blanche cuts him off in the middle and says, uh, don't allow her, pointing out how filthy her party record was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sophia waves her off and exits. Uh, an elderly man then enters and walks up to the desk to check in. Uh, Blanche says that he looks very familiar. And it turns out that this man is uh, Bill Douglas, who owns a mattress factory. Mm-hmm. Uh, he recites the company slogan, the mattress that will last a, last a lifetime. Mm-hmm. And Blanche recognizes the tagline and tells him, oh, yeah, I've owned three of those. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was a really funny line. That was pretty good. Yeah. Also, the fact they just named him Mr. Douglas. <laughs> yeah, that was funny, too. Uh, Blanche tells him to enjoy his stay. Uh, and as he begins to turn and uh, walk to his room, Rose enters. Upon seeing his face, she shrieks and runs to the kitchen. Uh, Chewie sees her and asks if she's okay uh, and says that she looks to have and she interjects, seen a ghost? Mm-hmm. And Chewie finishes his thoughts and says, no, drinking, to be drinking heavily. <laughs> but uh, admits that her option would work too. Blanche follows in behind to check on her friend and she also asks Rose if she's okay. Rose shows her a picture and Blanche comments uh, that it's Rose and Mr. Douglas sitting on a cow. 
Of course, it wasn't actually Mr. Douglas. Right. It was her late husband, Charlie. And Rose comments that they look exactly alike. Blanche Brown realizes why he looks so familiar to her. Uh, Rose says that uh, she should go apologize to, you know, for the scene that she just made, um, being a guest and all. Blanche suggests that if his uh, resemblance to Charlie makes her uncomfortable, though, it may be best to just avoid him. Rose dismisses this, uh, her concern, though, saying that you know she's not going to make another awkward scene. Uh, just because he looks like Charlie, and then adds, though, but if he kisses like Charlie, he'll need the jaws of life to keep her off of him. Right. Uh, we change scene. And late now, sorry, in the lobby, Chewie is sitting in a chair reading a joke that Roland had prepared for him, insisting that he'll love it. Uh, the joke goes, too bad Al Gore is not a waiter because he married a good tipper. Mm-hmm. Chewie does not get this. Right. And Roland has to explain that it's Al's wife's name, is, is her name was Tipper. Right. Chewie contends that it's just not funny, but Roland claims that it was his delivery. Uh, he says, You really need to hit it with Tipper. He enthusiastically adds, That's big funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yep. said, That's truly a timeless bit. Mm-hmm. I did enjoy that that's big funny. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just then, Blanche walks in and introduces uh, the men to her son, Matthew, who's yep. just come in. Uh, they all shake hands, and then uh, the boys head back to work. Blanche tells uh, Matthew that she has a list of plans for them, but he asks if they can sit down and talk for just a minute. Uh, he says that, you know, allow that he's kind of nervous to tell her this. Uh, he continues that they have a lot more in common than she realizes, as uh, they like a lot of the same things. She starts to say that she all she really likes is men, but stops, assuming that he's about to come out as gay. Yeah. Uh, he quickly uh, dismisses this idea and explains that, you know, he was referring to taking chances, like when she changed her life by buying the hotel. He tells his mother that he's decided to quit being a stockbroker and become a stand-up comic. Blanche believes him, uh, or Blanche doesn't believe him and continues to insist that this is his way of telling her that he's gay. Yeah, I thought that was funny. He said, Math- Matthew, if this is your roundabout way to tell me that you're gay, you don't have to. I accept it. So I did think that was nice, uh, nice to Blanche now, being her child. Right. You know, before yeah. she wasn't accepting her brother. Her brother. Right? Yeah. And I would think as a parent, it would be even more difficult for someone of, you know, Blanche's mindset, or at least prior mindset. So I felt like that showed some good growth for Blanche. Yeah, we don't know if he has a son or anything, or a daughter, do we? He doesn't have kids? No, he, she didn't. I was going to say, given Blanche's indifference towards her grandkids. <laughs> right. It's no skin off that's her true, back if he's gay. <laughs> he could be barren for all she cares, yeah. right? <laughs> but yeah, he also cite, she cites his uh, open-toed sandals from high school right. as proof. Uh, he seems to be uh, she's mortified. Like, she's though like, they... there's your sign. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's real good. FYI, it's Bill Engvall is the actor. <laughs> yeah. Here's your sign. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, it's almost as good as your Bill Clinton. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think his Bill Clinton's pretty good. That one sounded a little more like Jeff Foxworthy. Than <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd say almost. <laughs> uh, who's, the, who's the fourth? Uh, who, there's Ron White. And wasn't there a f- Larry yeah, Cable yeah. guy? That's mm-hmm. right. Okay. What happened to him? I mean, he's still around as far as I know. I think he's still Making doing Cars comedy. movies. It is uh, weird though. Like he is one of those comedians that. Woo-wee. Well, like because his whole thing is just an act, you yeah, know. Yeah. Like I, I've heard him briefly talking as his normal person, mm-hmm. and it just seems odd to me to to it's do a complete something. Complete persona, in, right? Yeah, like it's all fabricated. Like to do interviews and everything, and in character, it's just I don't know. I mean, I guess it's made him a ton of money, so I can't fault him Indeed, for it. Yeah. But 
Yeah. It just is a, to me, that'd be a hard life to live, to live <laughs> as a character. You don't have to have that persona, especially if someone recognizes you. Then I wonder if he goes into character right then, mm-hmm. you know. I'd yeah. like to think he's British. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Hello, how are you today? <laughs> that would almost be better. <laughs> <laughs> Sir Lawrence Cable Gay. Yeah. <laughs> cable Gee. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's a. Uh, those four people, those four guys, they made a ton of money off of uh, the mm-hmm. blue comedy tour or whatever, blue, yeah. blue collar comedy tour, I Correct. think it was. Yeah. So. Sir Lawrence of Cableshire. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but yeah, she says, she uh, seems to be mortified that he's made this choice, calling it undignified. Mm-hmm. And he tells her that, you know, he's already performed a few, uh, few clubs and it isn't half bad. He also admits that he's uh, kind of quit his job for now and has come to the hotel to perform in the comedy competition. So that she could see his routine. She tells him that uh, she may not laugh because she doesn't find any humor in her son throwing away his life. Right. Uh, she walks over to the desk to check him in, but quickly asks if he'd like to listen to any show tunes later. Again, Matthew tells his mother that he's straight as an arrow. Is there anything that, like, Alexis could tell you she wanted to do that you'd be like, you're throwing away your life doing that? I mean, is there... I mean, I guess at this point, like, Alexis hasn't, hasn't achieved, like, a certain career level in anything that it'd be like she is not (laughs) i love my daughter but she certainly hasn't but like if she was like yeah i'm giving it all up because i'm gonna pursue this dream would you be like that is a huge mistake and you maybe drug dealer well sure (laughs) i'm talking about something more legal though just legal but a bad decision like she was like i think i'm gonna i'm gonna uh, I need you guys to watch Camden even more because I'm going out on the road as a professional singer or whatever. Uh, I would think maybe something that oh, I know she inherently, something that yeah. she inherently would be bad at, maybe like just because I know her well, I know she's my kid. Uh-huh. Something that I like know that she doesn't have the skill set for, or her the, personality like would just complete. HVAC repairman or something. Yeah. <laughs> no, I could even see that more because that's a learned skill to a degree. Gotcha. Just uh, something that she would be inherently bad at personality yeah, wise. Oh, like holding a job for more than six months. She's like, I just took out a sixty thousand dollars student loan in order to learn <laughs> clown school. Uh, I don't know, I'd have to think on it for a while, but I like I would I would think it would have to be something that I would be seriously considering or concerned rather about any chance of success. Yeah. Fair enough. Just from like uh, it clashes with who she is or something. Yeah. Like, is she somebody? I know that she is not good at being sick. Is she good at dealing with people that are sick? Like, if she was like, oh, I want to go into nursing because I think that Honestly, that's. Yeah, she's actually taken, like, I don't know if I've told you about this. Uh, you alluded to the fact that she has a hard time holding on to jobs, but uh, she was working for a while at uh, um, a group home where she helped. Um, it was mostly elderly people and people with mental disabilities, mm-hmm. uh, and then she had a, a short stint, uh, shorter even than that, um, where she was working as a, a nurse trainee. Okay. So, and I can see her being very good at that because, um, honestly, in that setting, she's pretty decent. Okay. So, I mean, I think those are two things where she could have thrived if she'd have stuck with it. Fair enough. What um, what position do you feel Eddie's eminently qualified for? Um. I know he's in the military. I think he's. <clears throat> I think there are several positions in the military that he would be very good at. Um, as far as outside there, uh, I know he's worked at the UPS and he did good with packing. Um, he seems to be a lot I know more. He packed Alexis. 
But I didn't See, love I you. Maybe, I thought him. maybe he'd be good. I thought maybe he'd be a good plumber since he's good at laying pipe. <laughs> there you go. Guys. Was that the whole setup? Was that the, that, I kind of figured that. Yeah, I figured we'd get there eventually. As soon as Brent asked, I knew it was like, this is a trap and you're walking into it. <laughs> I'm far too trusted sometimes. <laughs> so, like, how long did he sign up for? How long is he enlisted for? I think he's just the, the four years, but I think he's probably going to extend his contract. Like, how many does he currently have left? Um, year and a half, two I years? I think maybe just one year. At this one point. year left? Okay. okay. So, you but have to uh, make a decision here soon. Yeah, probably. I think he's already made a decision to stay on, though. Um, in fact, he's talked about potentially getting a deployment. Gotcha. Going overseas for a while to, mm-hmm. you know, they pay a lot higher when you're doing that. Yeah. So, but him and Alexis, are, they're not married currently, correct? No, and they're not even honestly dating. I mean, my my dislike for what's going on right now is it seems like uh, Alexis wants him to be around. <clears throat> excuse me, to act like a boyfriend and that he'll do nice things for her, mm-hmm. right? But uh, at the same time, she doesn't want to be tied down mm-hmm. to having a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And I've we've already voiced kind of me and Nicole have voiced mm-hmm. our concerns that mm-hmm. it sounds like she's just using them, which is not cool. Yeah. Now is we he don't though, want her to be that kind of person. Is yeah. she free? Is he free to, <clears throat> you know, do what he wants? He is, Can but he I plant don't his know flag that on he foreign feels soil. that way. Okay. Well, like so I, I feel like because of who he is, like his personality, like he's not willing to go out and just search. I don't know. And it's hard to describe. There's a I certain guess. part of that, then. Then I it, it I, partly I, falls on him. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, if Alexis is saying, "Yeah, I want to go out and you know date around, whatever, you know, get whatever strange I want," um, and you can do Gosh, the same. Dang it, Alan. I'm just saying that she's like, I want to be able to see other people, and you know, not have an exclusive relationship. And Eddie's choosing to not go out and see other people. I don't really feel like I blame Alexis on that, unless she's yep. if she's not expecting actual boyfriend commitment type stuff from him but not willing to give it herself, then I'd be like, yeah, that's wrong. Mm-hmm. But if it's just like, yeah, you know, if we're we're friends, I don't know if they have benefits in their friendship or whatever, but if they're like, we're can... friends and co-parents and we will treat each other nicely and you'll do nice things. I, I think that she gets <clears throat> a lot of the benefits that she's not willing to hand out to him. Is that like, like the kindness? I don't feel like that's uh, on Alexis so much, if I'm being honest. Uh, I mean, I, I just I feel like that's more on Eddie if he doesn't want to, you know, go out and pursue other opportunities. I mean, to be fair though, maybe he sort of learned his lesson. You know, maybe he's like, oh, I don't want another accident or another child well, or whatever. But he doesn't have to stay around and do nice things for, for Alexis. Oh yeah, I yeah, think she sends mixed signals though too. Well, like, I mean, if she's know, playing with them, then he that's doesn't. Not cool, he doesn't but. know really where he stands. I think sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to go with another joke, uh, but I'll just leave it. I think we've said enough. <laughs> if my daughter ever listens to this, I love you. Uh, Be nice to people. Oh, I, I, I love her, too. Um, I, I hope nothing but good things for her, as I do for Eddie. Yeah, uh, yeah any, absolutely. He's a good kid. So. Anyways, but oh. I'm good for right now. But yeah, you Did can, you offer to the, the people on the podcast? No, no. <laughs> you know, must be present to win. Gotcha. He's <laughs> offering cookies. So, All right. So he may continue. All right. We changed the scene. Uh, we were last uh, left with uh, um, Matthew saying he strays an arrow okay. uh, on the uh, quest for show teams. <laughs> uh, later, Rose approaches Mr. Douglas to explain why she had screamed and run away from him. He tells her that, you know, he's used to it as he used to sell Amway. All right. 
she, they introduce themselves, and uh, she sits down. She's about to tell him about his uh, resemblance to her dead husband, but changes course when she looks at him. She then claims that uh, just before seeing him, she remembered that she'd forgotten to unplug the iron back of the house, but adds that she probably would have heard something by now if anything was wrong, as that was back in 1976. <laughs> she tells him that the house is in St. Olaf, Minnesota. Uh, upon hearing this, Sophia, act oh, Sophia actually just enters the room, uh, but upon hearing her mention of St. Olaf, promptly and silently turns around and exits. Yeah. Uh, coincidentally, which is very coincidentally, Bill and his wife had honeymooned in St. Olaf. Mm -hmm. Who would, bear, who would honeymoon in a rural Minnesota town? <laughs> <laughs> like, it just seems like really odd. Very unlikely, right? Yeah. Maybe they had a timeshare. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> you know, the good folks at RCI hooked them up with that. <laughs> but, uh, so said, Thank you, Mr. Hum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sadly, he says that she had passed away a few years ago. Rose tries to hide her uh, minor excitement uh, by empathizing <laughs> how hard it must have been to lose a spouse. Uh, he then invites her to dinner. He says, 7 o'clock in the lobby? Mm -hmm. Rose looks sad and tells him that they don't serve dinner in the lobby. Bill doesn't miss a beat, though, and suggests that they meet in the lobby and then go out to a restaurant. Mm -hmm. She likes this idea quite a bit. He exits, and Rose comments how smart he is as well. Yeah, Bill's a patient man. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I like Bill. Yeah, mm -hmm. I do too. I'm sure he won't see him again. but <laughs> Right. <laughs> he's, a, he's a good ad. Bill is the reason why there's no Arnie. Mm-hmm. You know, or, exactly. or Miles, if you prefer. Uh, I think Lisa alluded to that in one of her comments, I think, early on, mm -hmm. that they were probably trying to get rid of Miles so that Rose could date. And mm -hmm. I feel like these kind of storylines are exactly why they got rid of Miles. Exactly. So. Mm -hmm. Exactly. You think, like, if it would have gone on, they would have just recycled, like, Blanche's previous dates with, like, that type of character? Like, this week, Rose dates a blind man. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the same uh, mm -hmm. storyline ideas. Yeah. Uh, in the kitchen, Roland comes in and tells you. Oh, go ahead. I don't know, and this could be my own ignorance because I don't really know what's. I know what happens next week. Right. But the weeks after that, I'm unsure. Um, like, do you think they sort of missed an opportunity in having one of the Goldens, you know, have an interracial relationship? Like, at least go on a date with Bill Cosby or something one week? I mean, I think they could have, they did, but at the same time, I, I think it would have been, I'm probably glad they didn't, because at the time, they probably would have used it for too many cheap jokes. Gotcha. That wouldn't have been well, good. Well, we already saw show. how um, things went when... Uh, Michael and yeah. Lorraine, yeah. Yeah, and there was a lot of that during that episode, yeah. too. So it's, I'm just saying, like, you know, if Blanche went on a date with Sidney Poitier or something, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. or, and age-appropriate. They'd be like, know. look who's coming to dinner, right? <laughs> something like that, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I think if they would have been able to do that episode but not had it be about, like, the humor of Blanche dating a black person, then mm -hmm. I, it could have absolutely been good to include more diversity in that regard. Yeah. But I don't know that they would have been able to include the diversity without making it the butt of the joke. Well, exactly. I mean, yep. to a small extent, we had like a one-episode thing where uh, Sophia was dating... Uh, Tashira? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, and then there's a... Sophia did have a black friend also once. Yeah. <laughs> so, Alvin. Yeah. 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 And, you know, for the record, you know... I mean, there's no way, you know, the Golden Girls would have gotten Sidney Poitier. Right. You know, I, I'm sure if they would have done it, it would have been Grady from Sanford and Sanford. <laughs> right, <yeah. laughs> Still a gift. Exactly, yeah. 
they got uh, they got some other people on there. You know, one time um, Poitier is just too classy. It, yeah, classy, refined. Like it just, I don't feel like he would have stooped to being on a sitcom. Yeah, level. A, a '90s sitcom. Yeah, yeah. You later find out he was on Alf or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that would be weird. <laughs> <laughs> we find out that like. He did the voice of Al the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember one week on Golden Palace, um, they were able to get Ricardo Montalban. Yeah, that's right. And I've he's heard pretty that refined. Too. <laughs> yes. Except for when he's screaming con. <laughs> or he's not screaming con, but when he's being screamed at. <laughs> yeah, but so we did a deep dive on that. I could not think of any con related pun as far as the, uh. <laughs> you know, what we were calling that feature. <laughs> Oh man, you know what would have been a good feature that you could have said? Long like con. Yeah. Pros and cons. Mm. Um, yeah. They should have come to us for the the pun kings. Because exactly. cons aren't really funny. <laughs> <laughs> They're more humorous than funny. Yeah. That's what Tversky and I excel. Yeah. <laughs> and we have to have something. Yeah, exactly. I also use Excel at work. Mm-hmm. So, so. That's true. <laughs> Uh, we had a change scene. Uh, we're in the kitchen now, and Roland comes in and tells Chewie that he's setting up the lineup for the show and asks if uh, he still wants to be in it. Chewie asks why he wouldn't, and Roland replies that he'd seen him practicing earlier and he was uh, not so great. I think he said someone opened the uh, uh, window and held his nose or something. Right. A, an allusion to uh, Senior Stinky from before, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. It, I don't know. It, I don't know. You can continue. Okay. Tom, if you if you think of something. Like uh, Chewie's whole shtick, I, I don't know. It seemed like it was a half step away from dressing him in a Bumblebee costume. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it, it definitely seemed like... like aye, aye, aye. Yeah, what's the, like, the Mexican character, like Uncle Pepe or something? Like, he has, like, the red hair. And oh, every, yeah. You know, like, he's sort of, like, that sort of... I don't, don't like want to say punching bag sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Sort of like a Mexican minstrel type thing yeah. or something. Yeah, it got close. The, yeah. you know, it was lucky that they didn't go any further. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the ski of the Golden Palace. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. With less less exposition. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 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 You're our Brad. <laughs> <laughs> That was me balancing the scales for all the compliments I sent about the pumpkins. (laughs) (laughs) It's a zero sum game here. There you go. We're we're a non profit, is what you're saying. Yeah, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Truer words have never been spoken. We could write this shit off. So, yeah, we're just a loss, is what you're yeah. saying. <laughs> mm-hmm. Imagine if time had value. <laughs> Some would argue it does. Yeah. Those are called rich folks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, anyway, Chewie uh, thinks that Roland is just jealous because he didn't use any of the jokes that he had written for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he then uh, sarcastic. oh, Roland then sarcastically cites one of Chewie's jokes where he dreamed of eating a large marshmallow and then woke up missing his pillow, of course. Yeah. Uh, he says that uh, that joke is so old that Pia Z- Zadora wouldn't even marry it. Uh, another timeless joke, by the way. <laughs> but uh, for those of you who do not know who she is, Pia Zadora gained minor claim as a uh, bad actress 
that married a significantly older man back in 1977, where she was 23 and he was 54. Mm. Uh, la later they divorced, and uh, she was then twice more married. Uh, her life has kind of gone downhill ever since. <laughs> <laughs> She's like been embroiled in the law and stuff, and got a. Cops called on her for for family issues and stuff. Oh, okay. I looked it up just because I was curious. <laughs> Side note, though, her birthday is May 4th. Oh, wow. Okay. May the 4th be with you. Yeah. She shares a birthday with Gwen's only enemy. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that? I won't say because it's oh. a high school child. Oh, gosh. <laughs> okay. so. um, my son's was born on May 4th. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. That's her enemy. <laughs> 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 yeah, I forgot he's out of high school now. No. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Sophia pipes in, though, and tells uh, Roland that uh, her friend will be able to perform. Uh, he asks uh, for his name, but she can't remember it. She, uh, she kind of stumbles and just says she just, just had it. Mm -hmm. uh, Roland says Probably Bob Hope. Yeah. <laughs> Roland says that if he does show up, that he'll go on <clears throat> after Matthew Devereaux. Blanche, however, states that Matthew won't be performing. Just then he walks into the kitchen, and his mother forbids him from entering the contest. Now dubbed the laugh off, he completely shuts her down. Though saying that he's thirty-five, and her quote forbidden days are over. Mm -hmm. uh, she says, or she then pulls out a, a notebook that she lifted from his personal things and reads one of his jokes. Uh, it basically goes that when he was young, his mother wore so much makeup, her pillowcase looked like it had a picture of a clown on it. Mm -hmm. Roland laughs, and Chewie mentioned that you know, hey, I'm doing a pillow joke. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Matthew snatches the notebook away from his mom, saying that she had no right to invade his uh, privacy. She, however, turned this logic against him, saying that he may want to make a fool of himself, but uh, that she's not, he's not allowed to drag her into it. Yeah, you can't besmirch the good Devereaux name. Right. There you go. What did the local gentry think? <laughs> <laughs> uh, they both exit the kitchen in a huff. Sophia comments that she should go talk to him. Uh, so, you know, Matthew, Roland asks if uh, she thinks she can really help. And she insists that, of course she can. She knows she knows she can. She has over a thousand Blanche slut jokes. Mm -hmm. That's probably where I was bringing the thousand from. Yeah. Uh, Bill and Rose arrive back at the hotel uh, from a night out, talking about how what a great time they had. He comments that, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, he comments that he can't remember the last time he had danced to the polka, and he was impressed by Rose's uh, table handstand. Uh, she is famously spry and limber dancer, as we know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Some flips and whatnot. That's right. Yeah, she has cut a rug or two in her time. Mm -hmm. uh, she tells him that that's just how they danced back in St. Olaf. Again, we kind of revisit a bit. Sophia had entered the room, heard Rose mention her hometown, and silently left immediately. Right. Rose tries to tell Bill about his uh, strong resemblance to Charlie, uh, but he stops her, so can I tell you something first? And then he tells her that you know he's been alone for seven years, and he's tried dating, but nobody has made him feel like she does. Comfortable. Yeah. And at first she's like, just eh, comfortable? Uh, which he says, don't discount that. And he says it, uh, it allows him to feel wonderful things. And then he kisses her. And she looks at him uh, for a moment, and then throws her arms around him and kisses him back. You know, up until, I mean, I don't want to jump the gun too much, but I will just say this, that up until the end of this episode, mm -hmm. Bill seems like... A wise and patient and like everything you'd want in a guy, mm -hmm. and I feel like he, you know, like we'll we'll talk about our feelings once we get to the culmination yeah. of this story. But you know, everything's aces up to this point. Yeah, agreed, agreed. I 
I can't imagine Rose doing any better yeah. than Mr. Douglas. Same here. Happy Charlie. Yeah, try to introduce, <laughs> you know, Arnold the pig into the situation. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, both of them probably, you know, they uh, they like that land spreading out so far and wide. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, so we change scenes. Uh, Blanche enters the kitchen. Mm -hmm. Sophia, Rose, and Roland are all sitting at a table. Blanche tells them that she will not be attending the comedy show. So, yep, there's another seat they can sell. Sophia protests that she has to attend. That she had sold <laughs> sold a joke to Matthew, but they need to see Blanche to understand it. Right. <laughs> they all shoot a disapproving look at Sophia, and like they go shot for shot where everybody looks bad at Sophia. But then she's like, "Oh, and he's your son, you know? You gotta support him." Yeah. Blanche reiterates that if her son is performing, she just won't join. Uh, she is still angry that he's throwing away a successful career as a stockbroker for comedy. Citing how hard his father had worked to give him a secure education. Yeah. Right? Like a, a job with, you know, something that he can be secure with. Rose <laughs> tells Blanche that uh, she's, <laughs> you like my re restating? Yeah, I just like, you know, Blanche is upset that Matthew's throwing away his nepotism. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, Rose tells Blanche that she's acting ridiculously. Sophia, however, reminds her that, you know, she's the one that just dated a man that looks exactly like Charlie. Rose quickly and, I think, mercilessly snaps back, asking, oh, would you like me to iron out those wrinkles on your face, you little snitch? Yeah. <laughs> Which is one of the most brutal things I think she's ever said. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely got a, a stronger level of violence, um, a little more visceral than most of her uh, barbs have been. Ironically, Sophia actually digs this idea. She's like, oh, that'd be nice. Yeah. Rose then recounts her night of dancing and kissing to the girls, saying that uh, she might be in love. Blanche reminds her that she only thinks she knows him because, you know, of who he looks like, which isn't fair to him. Rose tells Blanche that she doesn't know what she's going through, but Blanche and Sophia both remind her that they still see their dearly departed husbands in the world, too. Blanche says that she's even dated a man that laughed like George. Sophia says that, you know, she sees Sal in the faces of all the chimps at the monkey house. Right. <laughs> Roland tries to uh, share an experience that he had about a girl back in high school but Sophia promptly cuts him off and tells him to come back in 40 years when he has a real story to tell. Yeah. Uh, Roland reads the room and leaves the table. Rose admits that uh, if she tells Bill why she's attracted to him, he'll likely leave. They point out the endless troubles that hiding Charlie would create in a uh, relationship between the two of them. Rose realizes that they are right, and she uh, goes to tell him. But before she leaves, she tells Blanche that she's lucky. When she went, whenever she wants to see George, she just has to look over at Matthew, who acts and thinks just like his father. Mm -hmm. Blanche, having heard this, uh, and I think Sophie even chimes in and says she's right, Blanche excuses herself so she can go speak with her son. Sophia then says to Roland that sometimes she remembers how much she needs a male voice in her life, too. He offers to call Dorothy. Sophia replies, would you, darling? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought that was nice that they got digging Dorothy even after she's gone. Yeah, I agree. Uh, we cut scenes. Uh, we see Blanche uh, finds Matthew sitting on a couch in the lobby, again writing his notebook, it looks like. He preemptively tells her you know, not to worry, that he won't be on stage that night. Uh, she then tells him you know, the story of how she met his father, that he was a carnival barker using uh, his earnings to pay for college. He apparently sold dice... From Paris, France, Blanche even uses air quotes. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, that looked special in the light. Blanche claims to have even bought six pair. 
He says that uh, he still used that experience later on at parties and charity events when he became a lawyer, uh, but eventually dropped the bit saying it was undignified. Right. Have you guys ever seen these dice that they're referring to? Mm-hmm. I don't know what she was referring to either. I mean, the only thing I can figure is it's something where if you like hold up in the light, either it's somewhat translucent or has I've, like some I've sort seen of like clear dice where you can kind of see through them, okay. like, like almost yeah. translucent. You know, yeah. See, I assume they had like naked women inside them. That's what I would think too, but inside of a die, I guess I haven't seen a die that would mm-hmm. work in such a way. Um, yeah. Although, like, so I hey. guess I have seen a translucent die here and there, but. Um, Infrequently, to say the least. Yeah. When I was in high school, I had one of those pins that you turn upside down and the mm-hmm. ladies' clothes come off. Yeah, I had one of those, too. I think my dad actually <laughs> gave it to me. Yeah, I bought, <laughs> it, I bought it on spring break in Florida. Oh, mm. I love that thing. Still got it? No, I, I had it way past high school, like way longer than a boy probably should. So but you, that, you that's could why almost he... definitely get... Uh, not I mean fired, but maybe at least in trouble. Well, that's why he lost his having... job at the company yeah. we used to work together at. <laughs> exactly. That's what I was getting around to. Because he used to make all of his fem- He was a manager there um, in his last phase there, and he used made to make all of, his, all of his female employees use that pen <laughs> to sign their uh-huh. performance evaluations. <laughs> and they were like, oh, no, no, well, no, listen. use my pen. Yeah. No, no, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> there, the, the clothes are off. You see that? Yep, exactly. <laughs> what do you think about that? <laughs> So they told him, well, you're going to have to either quit using that pen or leave the company. And he was like, out. (laughs) (laughs) This is my last day. Right. And then he decided to work from home after that. (laughs) They were always confused during performance reviews when I was like, oh, you're a three-pin worker. (laughs) 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 Oh, you only work one pin. (laughs) Did you have a name for that lady on the pen? I don't believe so, but which I'm surprises me. I'm surprised I didn't have a name for it. Yeah. If I did, I'd lost to the sands of time. But I don't believe that I did. Well, anyway, so uh, Blanche was talking about her husband, you know, being a caramel barker and eventually dropping his little uh, uh, bit where he'd wear a straw hat and whatnot. Right. She tells him that his father loved to make a fool of himself, though, and so he should go out there and make a fool of himself, too, and make Daddy proud. Right. Uh, he then asks, you know, what about you? And she adds that, you know, she's proud of him no matter what they do or what he does. And then they share a big hug. Mm-hmm. And so I thought that was a nice little into the scene. Uh, we change the scene, though, and we uh, then we see Rose walks up to uh, yeah, Bill sitting at a table in the dining room. He explains that he was waiting there for her, but she sits down and uh, he shows him the picture that we talked about earlier. Right. Uh, of him and her sitting on a cow, but of course it wasn't him. He's confused as to why he would be sitting on the cow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when she tells him that, no, no, it was Charlie, her ex her dead husband, he instantly understands that her fast attraction to him. He quickly jumps to the obvious conclusion that uh, any relationship they had would be clouded by her feelings for Charlie, that neither of them would ever really know uh, if she truly liked him for him. I don't know if ever is the right term, but... I think regardless of how he looked, any relationship is going to be measured against Charlie. Yeah. Yeah. Know? Yeah, exactly. Even if it was somebody who looked at nothing like Charlie, it's... It could look like Grady from Sanford and Son. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, but, the, that's the only point when, like, I kind of like, ah, you know, you... Like, why would this be your hill to die on here? Mm-hmm. That you're like, yeah, I look too much like your ex-husband. Yeah. So we could never have a genuine relationship. I yeah. didn't agree with that aspect. That was yeah. his only negative mark in the episode. Yeah, yeah, he does kind of shut it down quickly, I thought. Yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah. 
I mean, I can understand not wanting to be compared against somebody or not wanting everything to tie back to them. Mm-hmm. But I think you could – I don't want to say with coaching, but I'd like to think that eventually in a relationship you would get to the point where Rose knows, oh, I shouldn't mention Charlie in this situation. Right. Or, you know. Or, or at least, I mean, there would be definitely enough differences in their personalities that – you know, appearance aside, mm-hmm. this is the one person, that's the other person. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I thought it was a, I agree with you guys. I think it was maybe a little abrupt. Yeah. But I think they were like, eh, it's getting close to the end of the episode. They got to wrap this up. <laughs> <All> right. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, they just kind of shut it down quick. But uh, he tells uh, he tells her that, you know, he'll leave, but she asks him not to. Uh, she explains that uh, when Charlie died, everything happened so quickly, she didn't really have a chance to say goodbye. Um, which we know how that ended. <laughs> yeah. In bed, right? Bill hmm. wisely asks her, if Charlie were here right now, what would you say to him? And Rose is a bit flustered by the concept, but composes herself and says, you know, in their 30 years together, it felt like a day, and that when he died, part of her died too, and that she loves and misses him. And Bill gives her a look, kind of like an acknowledgement, stands up, tells her goodbye, and kisses her on the forehead. She tells him, thank you, Bill. And some freaky deaky role playing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I'll say this: like normally, my favorite lines are you know funny lines, right? Yeah. But I thought that was my favorite line. Is that it was just kind of a sweet thing. Yeah. And I agree, it was a little bit weird, mm-hmm. but uh, I thought that was just a, a chance for Rose to be happy for a second. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, She's like, "Hey, Mr. Douglas, can you do me a favor and come back and see me again on my birthday?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have a cake already made. Exactly, but <laughs> you don't have to stick around. Oh, yeah, you should see the oven in this place. It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he exits and Sophia. Uh, he exits and Sophia then enters. She asks her friend, you know, how she's feeling. But Rose, you know, says she's not feeling too hot. Sophia coaxes her to come see her funny friend, who is uh, currently about to get up on stage. Rose resists, but Sophia pulls up, pulls her up from her seat. She takes Rose behind stage to see a small crowd of like four or five people. Mm-hmm. She introduces her friend who turns around and we see that it's George Burns yep. uh, smoking his signature cigar. George tells Rose that uh, Sophia had asked him to cheer her up, uh, so he's going, going to, or he's going to try at least. He offers her a cigar, which she declines, and then he says we didn't get a joke or a laugh from that. I'm not exactly sure what the laugh was supposed to be. Just that she he'd offered her a cigar. Well, I mean, I think that uh, I mean in the context of it, I I could see the humor of it. Yeah, kind. Of. But uh, then he tells a joke, and I kind of summarize. Uh, teacher asks three kids what their fathers do. do. Uh, first one says that his father's a doctor. Second one says, you know, his dad's a lawyer. The third says that his dad is dead. And he says, well, what did he do before he died? And he went, oh. Yeah, not a great joke, but. Yeah. So Rose laughs and then <laughs> foolishly thinks that you know that la- that uh, joke was somehow tied to the cigar. <laughs> right. Uh, Roland comes up and uh, tells George uh, that the stage is ready for him. He said, you know, George Burns says he's been ready for ninety-seven years. Mm-hmm. Rose escorts him to the stage, and at the end of his set, because uh, we kind of jump forward, he sings a song that's dedicated to Rose. Um, I did. I was almost about to write it down and sing it to you guys, but I don't think I'd uh, capture Mr. Burns's uh, performance there. Yeah, yeah. It's a podcast, not a talent show. That's right. You couldn't have possibly uh, <laughs> captured all of his riz. That's right. <laughs> 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 Nothing 
beats the Riz. <laughs> uh, but I did want to add that the episode also strung together a subtle bit of uh, Brown and Williams and Sam Newman uh, references, which I didn't quite get that, but they are all tied to George Burns' previous vaudeville acts. I did think that was great. Like the end of it, um, my favorite line of the episode was when I think he says, uh, my name isn't Sam, it's Williams of Brown and Williams. I just <laughs> thought, I don't know. Like with George Burns being the one saying that, I just thought it was great. So, and we had a post-credit scene where Roland announces George Burns again for a final round of applause, and then he announces uh, Corny Castillos to the stage, mm. which is a great follow-up, right? Yeah, definitely. Chewy nervously walks up to the microphone, looks at the crowd, and instantly runs off uh, stage, holding his stomach as if he's gotten sick. All right, and that's where we close. Very nice. Um, well, we had uh, three guest actors on this episode. Uh, we had uh, Eddie Albert. He played Bill <laughs> Douglas. Uh, 379 titles for him. His only golden appearance. By far best known um, as Oliver from Green Acres. Uh, he was a Wendell Douglas on <laughs> that. Um, he was on 170 episodes of that, plus a, a, uh, the movie of it. And, of course, he also had some other uh, episodes on things like Bill, Beverly Hillbillies, Petticoat Junction, um, I know that the ski loved him most, though, is Bonzo Croydon on Tales of Wells Fargo. <laughs> Tales of Wells Fargo? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, then we had another big star, um, Bill Ingvall, played mm-hmm. Matthew Devereaux. 196 titles for him. 37. That was one of his very first credits, isn't it? Pretty early on, yeah, real early. Um, 37 as an actor, his only golden appearance. Uh, 31 episodes of the Bill Ingvall show, as well as 23 of the Jack Foxworthy show. And, <laughs> Of course, is best known as a stand-up comedian. I'm on the Blue Collar Comedy Tour yeah. as you know, a big part of that. I never saw it, but I think Jennifer Lawrence played his daughter. Oh, really? On the Billingvall show. Oh, that's a pretty big. Uh, I don't wow. know. I didn't know that. Early yeah. credit for her, then. Yeah, I could be wrong on that, but that seems right in my memory. Mm-hmm. And then we had, uh, of course, George Burns playing himself. Uh, 421 titles for George Burns. 58 as an actor. His only golden appearance. Um, Actor-wise, probably best known for like the Oh God and Oh God Book Two and mm-hmm. Oh God, uh, You Devil, and then uh, 292 episodes of the George Burns and Gracie Allen Show. Mm-hmm. Which there's something interesting that I found out. Um, you know, there's, you know, the phrase uh, "Say goodnight, Gracie," yeah. and then it's "Goodnight, Gracie." Mm-hmm. That's not actually something that ever happened. It's something that um, mm. he said. He did say "Say goodnight, Gracie," and she would say "Goodnight." Mm-hmm. Um, but I. But I guess that somehow or another, that kind of got conflated with like maybe uh, Ronan Martin's laughing mm. when he would say, say goodnight, Dick, and he'd mm-hmm. say goodnight, Dick. But gotcha. she never said goodnight, Gracie mm. on that show. Yeah. So. It's kind of funny, like almost a shared, yeah. what's it called? Like, yeah, I know what like you're yeah. talking thing, about. Yeah. But like, yeah, like where Shaq played Kazam or whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, Sinbad, wasn't it? Sinbad, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I thought... Uh, so Shaq was Kazam. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now you're trying to trick Ski. It's like, I know my Kazam. I've <laughs> watched that a thousand times. Yeah. Exactly. I'm always gaslighting him on Sinbad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Ski, who got your MVP for this episode? I gave it to Mr. Bill Douglas. Okay. I thought, you know, for what I had said earlier, giving Rose a chance to finally say goodbye to Charlie was uh, almost as kind and sweet as her... Almost as kind and sweet... As her lonely birthday was sad and depressing. 
That's a solid choice, but I went with the other side of that equation. I gave mine to Rose. Really? I just thought she did really well throughout the episode. It was a good, yeah, she's a good actor. Really solid Rose episode for me. Um, how about you, Brent? Oh, Mr. Douglas, yeah. definitely. Um, I think Ski hit the nail right on the head. Um, I just thought he was, you know, just a decent, decent man. And, I mean, his honeymoon ended and, you know, he took the man out of St. Olaf, but apparently they never took the St. Olaf out of that man. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, this season, I mean... We've had some really good guest actors. Yeah, I feel like it's been a solid enough show. I'm surprised it didn't last longer than this. Mm -hmm. um, and granted, several of their guest actors aren't necessarily people who were big at the time. Obviously, Jack Black was an unknown. Bill mm -hmm. Ingwall was an unknown at the time. Um, Pretty cool like credits for them, though, to yeah, say they but played with the, them in the past. Yeah, but so. even the known people, they've had some pretty big known people on there, too. So yeah. Well, I mean, even like uh, Cheech Marin, somebody who was known. Oh, sure, yeah. You know, um, um, Roland, Don yeah. Cheadle, mm -hmm. you know, would be known later. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Know? He ended up going on to having the probably the second biggest career out of any of them after, yeah. after Rose. I would think so, yeah. After Betty White. I mean, I'd say Betty White had a bigger career than Don Cheadle, wouldn't you? How about Jack Black? Or that's tough. It's, it's a different kind of career, but yeah, yeah. that's probably or true. Or you say well, I just, the main I just cast. meant out of the main cast. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you're talking about all the people that have been on there, there have been plenty that have had. Yeah, George bigger, Clooney. Yeah, but I'm mean, just out of the main cast, though. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I don't know, some really good good guests, but mm -hmm. how many uh, slices of cheesecake for you, Ski? I really like this one. I gave it a six. <laughs> I said with uh, young Bill Egenval and old George Burns, a sweet goodbye for Rose, and a loving story for Blanche. And little bits of funny for Sophia. Pretty de decent episode overall. I really liked it too, but I'm curious what Brent's rating is. It was also a six. six. You know, I really enjoyed it. Um, I guess, I don't know, again, it's another week where, you know, Chewie just continues to fail. Well, yeah, <laughs> so it, it seems like, I don't know, if they were, I don't know, if they would have handled that better or something, or maybe just not even put it in there. Like, mm -hmm. why does he want to, I guess maybe why don't you do it where him and, Roland are both pitching jokes to Sophia. You know, mm. maybe that's a way to keep him involved. But yeah. I'm just tired of Chewie Even being the punch bag. Pitching jokes to George Burns. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> He's well, just I like, guess... yeah, fellas, nah. Yeah. I didn't think about that aspect of it, but I really enjoyed the episode. I gave it a seven. It was one of my favorites of the series, okay. so of the Golden Palace series so yeah. far. So, anyways, a solid week. Um, do we have any? Anything to close us out, Ski? Any little extra? We do. Oh, very nice. If, if and you want to hear it, I mean, I could hold on to it if you don't. <laughs> oh, by all means. Oh, you should. Yeah, you should it's your week. Yeah. We Dorothy's, can't stop you. Dorothy's Diary. Uh, 20 Minutes Peace. A tribute story. Okay. Is, uh, there is a book uh, when we read to our daughter when she was young called Five Minutes Peace. Oh, okay. They are not the same, but <laughs> I stole from the title. Uh -huh. okay. This one's four and times sort better. Of, sort of, sort <laughs> of the uh, concept. Dorothy came inside after working in her garden for two hours. She'd taken up the hobby after the past few months. Lucas had been leaving for work early and lately, all, uh, had been leaving for work early lately, and it always woke her up. So, unable to easily fall back asleep, she decided to find something to do with her extra time in the morning. She was extremely sweaty and dirty. Today was a weeding day, and in their area of Atlanta was rife with chickweed, clovers, and bull thistle. How about kudzu? I don't know. Those are just three uh, different uh, weeds that I found were indicative to Atlanta. Gotcha. <laughs> she walked to her bedroom, took off her soiled gardening overalls, and began to run a bath. <laughs> Sexy, right? 
I don't know. Whenever I hear any clothing item is soiled, I'm definitely somebody <laughs> shit themselves. <laughs> That's better. Yeah, I didn't yeah. think about that. I, did, I didn't know where you were I'm going. I'm going to say dirty. Dirty okay. like muddy or something. And I, I guess you can say muddy for pooping your pants, too. <laughs> I thought you can say soiled garments. Yeah. I was like, oh. <laughs> she was scheduled to substitute later that day, but could tell the uh, morning gardening was starting to take its toll. Her muscles were quite sore, and she began developing some calluses on her palms. All I need is 20 minutes of peace to soak in the hot, t- hot bath and relax, she thought to herself. She just knew a short stint of peace and quiet would help restore her for the day ahead. After pulling out the towels and adding some bubbles to her running water, she hears the doorbell ring. She quickly puts on her robe and heads to the front door. She opens the door to two men in work gear, claiming they are there to repair the cable feed. Mm. Mm, I've seen this movie. (laughs) Dorothy is confused that she hadn't scheduled any repair work and hadn't noticed anything wrong with the TV. She asks them to wait a moment. She turns on the set, which is working just fine. She then tells them that it may have been something her husband was wait, wanting done and asks if they can wait just a few more minutes while she calls him to check. She calls his office, but his receptionist says that he's just finished with a morning meeting. She then goes in and informs that he has a call. Lucas gets on the phone and ensures Dorothy that he had not scheduled any repair work either. She then tells the man who realized they had the wrong address, they apologize and head out. Okay. Dorothy returns to the bathroom. By this point, the water is quite tepid, not the relaxing dip she had in mind. Mm-hmm. She drains the water and begins to refill the tub when the phone rings. She lets the water run while going to answer the phone. It's the school principal informing her that they would not need her until later in the day uh, due to rescheduling. She thanks them for the update and quickly gets off the phone to return to her waiting bath. However, not two seconds after hanging up, the phone rings again. This time, it's the cable company calling to issue another apology for the makeup or mix-up today and thanking her for her patronage. She informs the caller that uh, it was no big deal, but she is in the middle of something and appreciates the concern. Goodbye. Mm-hmm. Getting back to the bath just in time, uh, the water level had nearly reached the overflow drain. She turns off the faucet, takes off the robe, and gives a step in. Just then, she hears a very loud thud against her bedroom window. She jumps and nearly slips into the tub, half in, half out. She grabs her robe and runs to see what happened. She can hardly believe it. A pair of crows was fighting mid-flight and had smashed into her window. They flutter away, and then she ensures that the window isn't cracked and walks over to the tub once more. Almost at her wit's end now, she turns to walk back to the tub, and the phone rings again. She nearly doesn't answer, but knows that it could be the school again or Lucas. She picks it up, and it's Roland from the Golden Palace. Good morning, Roland. How are you? (laughs) I've been good, thank you. Well, I was actually just about to take a bath before work. Yes, I'll speak to Ma, put her on. Ten minutes later. Ma, it sounds like you have a very busy day ahead. No, I had no idea you knew George Burns. I hope the laugh-off goes great. Yes, I'm very happy that Rose had a chance to say goodbye to Charlie, in a way. And I'm glad Blanche has learned yet another lesson about loving her children. Mm-hmm. I gotta go, Ma. I just need 20 minutes peace before I head to work. I love you, too. Goodbye, Ma. The end. <laughs> <laughs> So I I want to preface what I'm going to say <laughs> by saying that I say this like in admiration and in love and and the fact that I I really do enjoy your 
slice of life <laughs> stories. I don't think I've ever heard read a more boring story. <laughs> like it, it really was a story. I would like to say, you know, <laughs> as a man who always fully commits to the bit, I tip my hat to you. Yeah. <laughs> You rode that out to the bitter end <laughs> with no thought of stopping or turning back. <laughs> so. In the five minutes piece, I think it's just a mom who wants to take a bath and relax. Yeah. And her kids keep bugging her. Yeah. I remember correctly. Yeah. And yeah. so this is kind of just a shadow of yeah. that. Yeah. Dorothy wanting to soak her bosom in a quarter inch of water. <laughs> it's a callback. But yeah, no, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was great. It was great for the. If, if the purpose was. To just be very slice of life with, you know, <laughs> no real twist or turns. I mean, granted, you try to throw a little in there with the crows fighting in the air. <laughs> and I was like, where is this going? And it's like, nope. And it's just going back to the bathtub. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what did you like with the I, I was so uh, go ahead. I was so hoping that those uh, were the cartoon crows and he was going to do the voices. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, what were you about to say, Ski? Oh, I was going to say at the end when uh, Roland calls her, yeah. that was a tie into the. Uh, yes. well, yeah, yeah, we got that. That, that was great. I mean, exactly. I, I appreciated that it tied back into the episode. Yeah. Like, that was exactly. solid for yeah. sure. But, um, and, and I'm not, again, I'm not saying it in any way to be disparaging. Yeah. Like, I'm saying it to be complimentary. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want you to stop. Like I want to yeah. get three more of these or two more. However, many. So. do you guys ever see the um, um, kids in the hall sketch where Kevin McDonald wants to draw a bath and enjoy it, um, but the water's never warm enough for it? No, I don't think so. Don't it's really good. like so. He like calls That's down. In the original to, series, right? Yes, yes. Um, Anyway, so he like calls down to the building superintendent or whatever, and he's like, I like my bath hot, hot, and I have it every day at 5.05. This water is not hot, hot. <laughs> it is <laughs> it is tepid or whatever, you know. And so, long story short, like, every day he does this, and every day, like, you know, this building superintendent comes up or whatever and draws himself his own nice hot bath and uses all the hot water <laughs> in order to <laughs> test. He's like, yep, this water's hot, hot. And he gets out and then draws his own bath. And <laughs> it's just really, really funny. Yeah, I feel like that's a series I should go back and, and rewatch. Yeah. I mean, I say rewatch. I definitely did not see all of Kids in the Hall, yeah, so yeah. there'd be a lot that would be completely new to yeah. me. Um, but Whenever I so... think of it, there are two that always pop in my mind. Mm -hmm. And Alan probably remembers one of them. I, one of them has to be the crushing people's heads, right? Oh, well, that one. Uh, uh, Rochambeau or whatever. Or Shirling. Shirling, that's, yeah. <laughs> Rochambeau was like the South Park version yeah. of it, I, I think. think so. But yeah, Shirling. Sure. Do you remember that one at all? Have you I seen don't. It? So in Shirling, it's a fake sport. <laughs> but like they're in this giant like uh, football stadium, right? Uh -huh. And there's like a dozen guys. Uh -huh. and they all chain to, chain each other to each other, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. In like a circle, like. One guy, like, basically alternating team members. Right? Uh -huh. It's like Team A, Team B, Team mm -hmm. A, Team B yeah. in a circle. And in the middle is a box. Mm -hmm. They open up the box, and it's a poisonous snake. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, the point is to try and maneuver people over 
so that the snake will bite the other team member or something. Uh-huh. And uh, at the end, they're like, there's like five people show up for the event, right? Mm-hmm. And like I said, it's in this giant stadium. And uh, at the end, they're uh, leaving. And the guy's like, yeah, it says a great game. <laughs> it is indeed. It is indeed or something. <laughs> It was just it was beyond stupid, but it encapsulated <laughs> all what yeah. the show was. It was just hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what's the other one? The other one is uh I just remember a little piece of it even. But like uh, it's a like decorator came to their house, right? And uh, the guy walks in and says, It looks the exact same. What are you talking about? Because <laughs> he like quoted him some really high price or something. <laughs> it's almost the same, except now you have a demon. <laughs> like, <laughs> like some like Cabinet opens up and like a demon, <laughs> which is just one of the actors. Right, like, yeah, yeah. I didn't figure it's a real demon. <laughs> well, it's like like you can see the face. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. Not just like a puppet or anything. Oh, yeah. okay. And uh, so he's like, "Oh, yeah, that is good." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, very gosh, nice. I remember yeah. those for some reason. It stuck <laughs> with me. That's funny. All right, do you guys have anything else to add before we close oh, out? No. All right. Well, uh, thank you for a great uh, recap and a, an even better story. Yes. Yeah, so. <laughs> that you hated. <laughs> I did hate it. I loved it. I'm saying it was again me saying that it was. Yeah. It, like Brent said, it was the commitment to it. It was like <laughs> here's the story with no twist or turns, with no particular comedy to it, <laughs> and and about a very mundane activity, uh-huh. and he's. Stick in the landing here, like he's going <laughs> through to the very end. So. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd like to think that in Ski's mind, he was thinking to himself, and this is the price you pay for enjoying my pumpkins. <laughs> <laughs> I know that no matter how many of these uh, stories I write, uh-huh. I will never laugh to myself as hard as I laughed at the very first one I made mm-hmm. for Rose. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> As you heard laughing about like her, you know, sad birthday yeah. alone. <laughs> <laughs> like I remember, I couldn't even get the uh, yeah. end out. Right. Like I was laughing too hard. Where do I come up with these? <laughs> <laughs> and I think about the context of that; it's so horrible. Yeah, that was great though. So, all right. Well, uh, to happiness, to life, to us. Uh, stay golden, Coco. Hey, thanks so much for downloading today. If you enjoyed that opening, you should definitely check out Ashley Jade on YouTube. She has a bunch of awesome compositions on there. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at sophiaschoicepodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at sophiaschoicepc. We plan to have a new episode out every Monday. If you have a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded. And of course, stay golden.